What's up, everybody? It's Big Buster coming at you with a brand new episode of Bullshitting with Buster. As you can see by this sign right here, the logo, we're here at Newbury, Tennessee at EIW, the home, the EIW Arena, where the wildest, craziest wrestling action in the Mid-South takes place. And today, today I got a very special guest. He's everybody's favorite bad guy, and he's all about doing outlaw shit, Mr. Kilo Seaton. Kilo, my brother, glad to have you here, man. How you doing? Doing fine. Glad to be here. Been waiting on this one. Me too, man. We're supposed to have done this a couple times. Yep. A little miscue here and there, but here we are. We're doing it now. Yes, sir. You know, before we get started with all the normal stuff, <laughs> I want to ask you, man, tonight, right here, home of EIW, one of the biggest cards I've seen y'all have since I've been coming, you in a bull rope match with a guy named Kid Wrestling. Man, tell me about this. What do you, what's on your mind about tonight? Well, you know, first time I ever seen Kid Wrestling, I was, I was up in Middleton, I believe it was. And I was up in Middleton, I believe it was, and uh, I was wrestling Stephen, I can't remember his last name, but anyways, Kid Wrestling was partnering with him, but being his manager at the time. And when I first met him, because he came back to me four or five different times and asked me, so what was we doing again? And all he had was one little simple spot, you know what I'm saying? I questioned myself, is he going to be able to do what he's got to do, you know what I'm saying? Well, bro, I'm going to tell you, he proved a lot to me just that one night because it was like he asked me so many times and I was so worried about it that I was the one that actually messed up, you know, the little yeah. spot. But I didn't mess it up bad enough to hurt anything, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but, uh, no, uh, I got a lot of respect for the, for the kid, but... Between here and one more place, this is my home. I hear you. I've been back and forth between these two places all my whole career. I'm 40 years old, and I've seen this. I've seen these kids come and go. Come and go, yeah. Yes, sir. Uh, but he is one of the toughest. Yeah, he's uh, a good kid, man. I, what I've seen of him. Good kid. He's young. Come on now. Good kid. Well, I, I don't mean good. I mean he can do it. He can yeah, do yeah. it, man. He's got he's got talent. He's got potential. I mean, yeah, he, and he does a good job, but. He's sticking his nose where it don't belong. Well, I'm, I'm wondering, has he ever even done a bull rope match? Been in a bull rope match? Probably not. Probably ain't had to. Have you? Yes, sir. I figured that. I figured you pretty much been in a little bit of everything. Yeah, uh, the one I had, the first one I ever had, and I didn't have many more after that one. <laughs> uh, I was uh, Tom Ritten. Ah. We was, we was tag team partners for, off and on for years, me, him, and Sissy Kane, so pride. I don't know, it was either me and Kane, me and Redneck, Redneck and Kane, just something, you know. And uh, we was, matter of fact, it was, it was no, it was where MBW used to be, Country Lights. And uh, he turned on me. Ah. And it looked, the whole story led up to a, a bull rope match. Cowbell, bull rope, whatever you want to call it. And honestly, the rope, it don't matter to me about the rope. That fucking bull, just, that fucking cowbell don't play, that does it? Hurts. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, and then you then you're in there with somebody like Kid Wrestling did. Not 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 I'm not trying to make Vicky sound bad or anything, but he's gonna try to kill me in there. Yeah. Because he's thinking if I don't kill him, he's gonna kill me, you know, so he's trying to kill me first. Well, so, y'all been at each other's throats, man. Yes sir. Uh well you know, it's not just him. I mean between me, Galen, and a couple other guys here, it's Kid Wrestling, Red Walker, it's uh Onyx, it's Whatever, man. It's uh, always somebody's wanting to tie shoestrings together, you know. It is. It's like it's a battle for EIW going on right now. It's like a constant battle. Man, I'm telling you, it's like 
I don't know. It's like he owns it. Somebody's always trying to take it, and, 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 and they make you so mad, make you so mad that he always falls right back into it. You know what I'm saying? If you own it, somebody wants it. That's right. All the time. That's the old saying, man. If you got it, somebody wants to take it from you. Yes. All right, Kilo. Kind of got that tonight out of the way. What's going on? I guess we do like everybody else always does. Let's start at the beginning, man. When'd you fall in love with pro wrestling? Uh, I can't tell you the age. I can just tell you I was a little bitty. Because I remember it was me, my two uncles, my dad, my mom. We all watched wrestling, you know. Yeah. And Memphis wrestling is what I seen first. Uh, so we were at the Miss South Coliseum one night. And I don't remember this, but I've heard so much about it that I feel like I remember. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. But, uh, Downtown Bruno was in the ring. I can't remember who else was in the ring, but I remember him saying, Downtown Bruno, he's on the mic throwing. If any of y'all think y'all can whoop us, come on down. Me, they said they had to catch me going down the aisle, I was like, oh, <laughs> you know. But uh, I think I even loved it before that, man, because honestly, it, there, there's a few things in my life that made me happy. My kids. Yeah. Riding the body. Yeah. Sometimes my old lady. <laughs> no, I love it, this. But no, uh, it, but. It's just one of them things, man, you know, I've always loved it, and, and, and it just comes natural, you know, so I think about it all the time. Dude, I've been here, we've been filming, we come here on a regular basis, film here, man, every time I watch you, you do something out there, that I'm like, damn, I can't believe this motherfucker still does this shit. You, uh, every time you surprise me with something, I don't. it don't matter what it is, you do something that I don't expect you to do. Uh, well, you know, here's the thing. You've been running this for years. You've been doing this for years. If you don't expect it, they don't expect it, so it's a good thing. That's the way I look you at know, it, too. Uh, can I do a lot of what I used to be able to do? No. My body just don't move like it no more. But my bridge is not as good, but I do put everything I got into it out there, and I don't care if it's just one time match. I like to hear the crowd, the crowd at least go, ooh, one time, at least one time yeah. match. Then I know I'm doing my job. Yeah, that's right. So even though I'm 40 years old, I can't do the stuff I used to be able to do. I've got to do something else to take that place. That's right, but I tell you, know you this, I think you're smoother in the ring. I think your timing's better than you've ever been. I remember you when you used to come through dogs ever so often, mm -hmm. back in the day. And hell, you've wrestled for damn near every company around that there's been over the last, what, 20, 25 years, maybe? Yes, sir. I mean, you've done it all. You've been in, wrestled at all these companies, man. What makes you still come back? Is it just the love for it? Or you still got something to prove, Kilo? Uh, no, I, I have nothing to prove. Nothing to prove. I mean, I've, no, nothing to prove. I just do it because I love it. I mean, and on top of that, on top of that, you know, if I was to come here because, you know, my kids wrestling. Yeah. If I was to come here and see my son out there wrestling, I'd be back in here next week for a game. Yeah. Been more, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, if I'm going to do that, why not be, do it anyways? I'll tell you, you know? what, speaking of your son, he's a... He's a pretty damn good hand in the ring, his damn self. He's got talent, man. I'm going to tell you what. D-Lo, I remember when he was just a baby. And he was just getting old enough to walk and talk and all that. And he, from the time he was old enough to talk, so I called him D-Lo ever since his baby. He said, I, D-Lo, you, Kilo, we're going to tag team champions. <laughs> and we was at one point. There we, you we go. We got to do that together. I think it was one time, one or two time tag team champions. I'm not sure around the time. But we got to do that. And But I remember him probably being four years old. Standing up on the bed, and I'm standing at the end of the bed, and he does a drop salt on me. Ah. As soon as I, and I fall down on the floor, and I remember him hitting the shooting star off the bed on me at four years old, and I'm, I'm not bullshitting on it. And man, it makes the shit out of me now. It's like, 
And I watch them, and this is what I tell everybody, man, so it's better than I am. That boy can sell. That boy, he can do anything to them, bring money to do anything. You know, um, and his biggest problem right now, and he'll tell you the same thing. He's never been in that least spot to be able to, hey, we're going to do this tonight. He's never yeah. been in that least spot until now. Yeah. Um, once he gets past this now, he'll be all around working as long as he, as long as he learns from this. Yeah, he will. You know, well, you know how it is. Like I said, you know, he had never led a match. He, he's always had his way leading a match for him. Yeah. But he can do any damn thing. So if he can do that, and if he just thinks about it, okay, I can put this here and make some sense there, he'll be all right. You just hit the word and make it make sense. Yes, That's the thing. That right there is the whole thing with this whole game, the psychology of it. I don't care how outlandish, whatever it is you're doing, if you can make it make sense to you and the people, it will work. It will work, you know. And one thing with a young guy like that, he just got to get his confidence up. More than anything else, get the experience and his confidence. The more experience he gets, the better his confidence is right. going to be. And then he's going to go, man. He, he's got it, dude. He's got moves, man. I, I'm like you. Athletically, I, I, I'm like you. I think he's probably better than you were when you oh, were yeah, his age. Oh, he just needs the chance, the experience. And then with that comes his confidence rising and then, they gonna shine, man. See, you know, I, I always have people in my family that love wrestling, but nobody in my family is wrestling, so I was the first one. Yeah. And from there, it stemmed from that to my cousin wrestled at one time, but he, he ended up with a problem with his foot, he can't wrestle no more. Yeah. He done it for like three or four years. Uh, he wrestled for a while. My wife, my ex-wife, I'm sorry about that. My ex-wife, <laughs> she started when I started. Probably, I was probably in six months in the business, and she started. Um, we both trained by the same people, but I mean, that's just how it is, you know. I, I, it, it just I started with me, and it worked its way down for my wife, my kids, uh, to my cousin, and you know. Then after I got been in here for a minute, I was, man, you, you make a bond with some of these guys. Yeah. And their family too, you know. Yeah. Me, me, and we just was talking about a couple weeks ago. Me and Gallon, we've had arguments. Me and you know, certain people you don't ever become back friends with because. You just can't. You can't overlook something. Yeah. But everybody, man, if you love them, man, and, and it's misunderstanding or it was took the wrong way, you know, sit down and talk about it. But anyway, you, you make a bond with them, and then he, he, has no, he had no choice but to be good. You know what I'm yeah. saying? He yeah. just had no choice, you yeah. know? Because from the time he was a little bitty, me, Sister Kane, even Redneck, Galen, Biscuit, so many of us, we got to the ring working, working out, yeah. playing with him, you know? But he had no choice. Marie, <laughs> funny story about her because she wasn't like Dylan. She said she wasn't gonna ever do it. She didn't want to do it. She don't know why we're hurting ourselves, <laughs> you know. And she's a little bit thing, but uh, she said I'm innocent. That's it. Well, I never thought she'd do it. Yeah. I was living in Middle Tennessee, and I get a phone call one night, and she's 14 years old, and she tells me she says, "Dad, I'm gonna wrestle Mike." Huh? What? Really? Yep. I said, where are you at? It was right down the road here. Uh, at the time, I think, what was it called? AAW? AAW and The Devil's Rejects was booking. Who now? The Devil's Rejects was booking. Ah, right? Motley and... No, uh, it was uh, David and... Oh, damn. Yeah, David and 187. 187, okay. 187 and 66, my bad. Anyways, Carl and David. And I was like, who told you you could? Just because I'm a middle Tennessee, don't mean you can do whatever you want to. Yeah, really. She's with your mama, you know. 
And she said, well, mama said I could. So I called, I got a phone with her and I called her mama. I didn't, my son started 14, I didn't agree with none of that. You know, so if I didn't agree with him, I was gonna agree with, for her. Yeah. And I called her mama and she's like, well, yeah, I don't see why not. So I get a phone call, my, my daughter was like almost crying on the phone with me. And if she knows I'll tell her she's gonna be mad. And he what? She took a backdrop at night. Oh. Look, she took a backdrop at night. And when she hit the mat, her guts released. Oh, no. And, you know, not only did it release, she threw Zach O'Brien in the corner. And he sat down in the corner and she gave him the Oh. <laughs> hey, she ain't the first one that's happened to you. No, it's not. There's stories going around of a lot of people who's had right. that happen. So, but, uh, anyway, she gets a, she gets embarrassed. She goes to the back to work out, I think, in a pair of jock pants or something like that. And. She get, well, I think it was a biscuit or gun one, she goes tag, they go, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> That's because hilarious. She, because she fell somewhere, she goes, ah. and she goes to tag with this same man, like, nope, 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 nope. No, this match here just ended, or we're going to have to do a, yeah. an air tag on that one, I don't know. But she's a tough one, though. And yeah. She learned her crap. She's, athletically, Dylan's got a smoke She's very athletic, though. Yeah. But she's already got, she's had that chance to be in the league, so she's already got better psychology he does and it's nothing against myself he's just always had people leave him and she's been one of the better women so she's had to lead the other women yeah you know and i'm not talking bad about all the women but there is women out there that hurt and too much in the business had to leave them and make it look right you dude know? there's dudes out there we all been this we all started the yeah. same way we yeah. we didn't start out calling no. matches we started out doing what the fuck we was told my hand the first the first time i ever gave a drop kick in the ring in front of a crowd you know where i hit him at right here <laughs> Because my body was way up here, my legs were way yeah. up here, you know. Yeah. Because I was so nervous. So, I mean, don't know what's going to ring best, the best thing there is. Well, you know, it's talking about nervous. You don't never want to not be nervous. Even to this day, even just doing this right now, I got little butterflies right now just doing this. Even just coming to the show, even though, even if I ain't going to do nothing, I get them butterflies. Yeah. And you don't want to lose them butterflies. But you want to be able to control that nervousness, you know, and use it to your advantage, you know. It's oh. good to be, it's good to have the butterflies, it's good to be nervous, because that means you care about it. Oh, yeah. Um, I go out there every week, and, I, you know, let the crowd see it, but, man, I'm about to hang on, lad. I'm about to shit myself every time, <laughs> you know, it's just like, I don't care if it's 10 people or if it's 10,000 people. 10,000, yes. If I'm, if I'm entertaining one and they're having a good night because of me, it's worth it. Dude, if I get out there, I get tunnel vision. Like you said, it could be back here looking out there. You could be like, shit, there ain't but 14 people. But once I step in the ring, I done forgot all about there ain't but 14 people. Right. No, you give, you get that tunnel vision and you give the same performance. You should give the same performance for that 14 or 14,000, you know. Right. You know. Uh, let me ask you this, Kilo. You hit on it. And I know a lot of guys don't like to mention who they were trained by. Oh. I don't know why. Some do, some don't. But... In my opinion, it, you know, it's good to be trained by somebody that knows their stuff, but it's still more about once you got in the business, mm -hmm. how you turned out, how good you ended up being, how well you adapted to this. So you want to tell us who you were trained by? Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't have a problem with it. Uh, 23 years ago, uh, matter of fact, the guy that trained me was only four years in the business at the time. He had no business training. He'll tell you that now, you know, I don't be trying to train somebody. Yeah. But it's not about nature root. Oh, no shit. Yep. Uh, it was 23 years ago. He was four years in the business, and he trained me, man. And him and, and I got to give props to Ricky Murdoch. Rude training, Ricky kind of helped him, you know. Yeah. Because he was there. He he had done spots with so Rude to watch, you know. But when it comes to who trained you, it was Rude. Well, Rude's a hell of a worker himself, yeah. man. He's a hell of a talent. 
I, the last time he was here, he's out there doing stuff that it's like a hot tag. You know, when you make that hot tag and you finally get that hot tag and then people pop. Well, if you're the hill and you're come feeding in, mm -hmm. you should bump. You should bump at least, if you're, it's a tag match, you both should bump at least twice. And then you can pair off a single match. You need to bump at least two or three times for that. Well, it, it wouldn't be a single match with a hot tag. Right, so, right, right, but right. you get what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm and and guys don't do that. And the minute you make that hot tag, and that hot tag can be as hot as ever, and you go to the baby face come in and hit them with something, and they don't bump, the crowd immediately dies right then, and you don't get them back. You know, and Rude, that's what I told him the last time he was here. They work their match and they get the hot tag and when as soon as it happened, Rude fed in and started bumping, bumping, bumping. And the crowd kept rising, rising, mm -hmm. rising. And that's the way it's supposed to be done. See, that's what a lot of I don't know, a lot of a lot of modern wrestlers lose the fact they're losing the art of it. Yes. They're better athletes. They do so much more shit than we <laughs> ever dreamed of. But they're losing the art of wrestling, what it's really about. Right. You know, controlling your audience. Bringing them to where you want them to be, when you want them to be there. Bringing them up, setting them down. You know, and that's something that you learn just from experience being in there working. I'm pretty sure you're like I was. Most of my learning was on the job, in the ring, fucking up, and then figuring out, oh shit, you know. Well, Ru like Ruth told me, Ruth told me, from the time you started training, your best trainer is going to be when you finally get in the ring first. He should just trust me. You're going to know when you fucked up. That's right. You're going to know. Right. They're going to let you know. So, now if I've trained anybody, I do the same thing. Look, let me tell you, I can get you to here, and I can keep working with you, but being out in front of a crowd, this is just what I learned. You're either going to, either going to stop getting embarrassed and, and learn it, or if you're going to keep getting embarrassed, they're just not going to use you a whole lot. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because if you go out there and stupid, so. But you ain't got no choice but to learn it like that. That's right. You that's either right. learn it or you don't work. It's simple that's as right. that. I mean, and the thing about it is, I have, now, I've been at shows where the booker puts a green guy against a green guy. No, no. I understand doing that sometimes in, in there, but make sure both green guys or just one whichever, whichever one have at least four or five good veterans that they work a little program with. Now, you got to be nothing major, just a little program with four or five good veterans, and then he should be okay to be in that match with another green one. That's right. You know, and but that's working a little program or a big angle. How do they want to do it? Just four or five veterans before they go in another green one because. You put a green horn in a green horn, you don't need a no shit. I'm a firm believer in that. I believe that you, you got new guys coming in, you should always put them with guys that have enough experience to take them in there and lead them along yes. slowly. Yes. Don't try to push them where they shouldn't be because, no. I mean, you could kill them. You could, at the least, you break their confidence, you know. If you break a dude's confidence, sometimes they don't ever get it back. Some You're dudes right. who were good and could be good get their confidence yes. broke and they slide out of the business and they never know what they might have done because they never give it a shot, That's you know? Right. Uh, you're right, but then you got guys like me, I don't think they'll ever stop, you know? Dude. Even when I can't, if I can't walk, somebody's pushing me in that ring so I go out there and go, go, whoever go, or hit somebody with a damn stick, something. You know, I'm going to be out there for something, I mean, so. Hey, dude, I'm the same way. I don't think, I, I don't know about getting back in the ring but I love being around the business. I love being, I love just coming like we do and filming and watching you guys, you know. I don't think you ever get it out of your system. 
You know what I mean? If you really love this stuff, I don't think you ever, ever get it out of your system completely. If you ever do, just if you, if you really love it and you ever do, just get out and don't come back to it. Just because something's happened. Yeah. You know, so. Well, you said uh, you've been doing it 23 years. So what, what what's that put us at? What year did you actually start? Uh, let me show my well, when I say 23, soon to be 23, is what I added. I started in May of 99. 99. So basically, the times that I that you slid into dogs a few times, you were just... Oh, I was just starting. Okay, see, I didn't realize that. I thought you had been working longer than that because I'll be honest with you, just watching you back then from what I remember, you looked like you'd work, been working longer than that. I got lucky. I got to, when I first broke into business, I got to work my trainer where I went. So... Working with him in front of the crowd, with him being the one to train me. Yeah. I learned so much easier like that. Yeah. You know, so when I got that chance to venture out, because he told me, he said, when I, when I get done with you, he said, I'm going to get your first few bookings, and if they want you, they'll keep you. If not, you're on your own to find your other bookings. Yeah. Yes, sir. Well, like I said, you know, it's worth it. <laughs> uh, I don't even know where we was at in the books. I was thinking so much other shit. What, what was the question? <laughs> <laughs> I missed up. I mean, I know what I'm talking about, but at the same time, I don't know where because something else popped in my head. Well, it was what year did you start? What year was 99? And working with Root, I mean, you said you see me down there, I was probably maybe a year, year and a half in the business at the time I come down there. Yeah. And because I remember what you're talking about, and I got lucky, like I said, working with Root in front of the crowd, and I got to work with a couple other guys. I was able to take what I found out, what I learned, and these are these younger guys, the same guys that started when I did, but I, they didn't get that chance, you know. Yeah. So now I'm teaching them, and one of the best feelings is when you know somebody don't know what they're doing, but they're trying, they're trying really hard, and they actually start learning from you. Yeah. It's one of the best feelings in the world. It's like, yeah. it's like teaching a kid. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, it was good for me to be able to work with Rude. I got to work with Rude. Uh, Motley. 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 Motley's a hell of a guy, worker, man. I mean, he'll, he, I don't give a damn if you're fucking... 40 years in the business, he's always going to teach you something. Yes. I don't care, you know. Yes. And, uh, and one of the best workers there is was, ever was. I mean, he didn't get looked at the way he should have been, but Motley can get in that ring and go and go and go, and the whole time he's going, he's talking shit to you, but he's teaching you at the same time. He took me, and the main thing he done to me is got me in there and slowed me down, really took me and instead of just whining about me being too sniff or whatever or too rough, yeah. he took me in there and he, he just taught me how to work, basically, you know. I mean, I could do all the moves and stuff, but I was doing them 90 to nothing. Right. Just running right through them. You didn't, and he's you didn't like, no. the crowd notice what was going on let them pay attention to the story you're telling. Run some spots. Right. He taught me how to run spots, yes. you know. And the thing about it is, and, and tell me if I'm, tell me if you agree with me on this. As a big guy, man, you ain't got to do as much as I do. Because when you draw back, you hesitate, let the crowd see what you're doing, and you're not going to sit down there. It's so much more than when I draw back in. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, I wish I was a bigger guy sometimes. Well, see, that's what I loved about working with Motley. Most big guys only want to do big guy shit. Yeah. I wasn't trained that way. Since the day one, I wanted to work with the with the boys. I wanted to run spots, right, right. you know. Motley was the first one to get me in there and, and take me under his wing a little bit and grab me, settle me down, and show me the right way to do it to get – to do the spots, to get the big man part over, but also do it in a wrestling aspect, not just having guys fly off of yeah. me and run into me and fly off of me. Motley's one of the best, the best ever, one of the most underrated, maybe yes. the most underrated guy around this territory that, that wasn't a big name. 
Right, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go for the man. I'm gonna say anywhere he's ever wrestled, whatever state it was, he's very underrated wherever he went. No, he's one of the top guys. And he's one of the top workers, period, in yes, the ring. Yes. Like, he's better than a ton of big names Man, in the ring, you know? Yeah, yeah, he is. I mean, and the thing about it is, is Molly's how old now? Molly's well, got to be. He's down near 60, ain't he? He's got to be mid-50s. I'm 47, so. Okay. And, and he'll still, and is he, I mean, I hadn't seen him wrestle in probably about a year. But I know the last time I seen him wrestle, the man would move around the ring a whole lot better than most of the 20-year-olds do. Yeah, yeah. I'm surprised he's he still doing like I do sometimes, but watching him, I'm like, I'm four years old. And then they think we'll do that. How the fuck does he do that? See, Molly's like you, though. He's one of them guys. He loves this shit with all his heart. And Molly's one of them dudes. He going to die doing something with wrestling. He going to do it until yeah. the day he dies. Probably in the ring, he'll do it till the day he dies or till he's just so crippled he can't get in there, so old he can't get in there, you know. Right. And, and you know, when I first started, I was scared to Molly. But the, the intimidation look, he, he and it was, it was just him. It wasn't him trying to intimidate you, it was yeah. just him. When I was 18 years old, I was scared shitless, man. <laughs> I was scared shitless. No, you Molly's a, a good dude. He's Truth be told, he's he's touched pretty well all the independent workers around this territory from Arkansas, Tennessee, Mississippi, Missouri. Molly used to get me some of my best bookings when I first broke in. Used to take me, he only took me to Bill Ashes, took me to Missouri to work for Butch Reed. Right. All cause of Motley, you know. Motley like, yeah, I got this kid here, you know. I didn't know shit, you know. I'm green as hell, so I couldn't get a booking if I wanted to, right. you know. Right. But he did that for me because I guess he loved, he'd seen something he liked. I spent most of my first time working against Motley, you know. I'm going to tell you what it is with Motley. Motley. Motley can get along with anybody in the business as long as they got potential and they try. And they respect this business. And they business. respect this business. That's right. Molly can go get along with anybody. If you don't respect this business, you're going to know he, he knows that. Because Molly's going to let you know at the ring. He's going to run your ass up. He's going to stretch you out a little bit. You know, and that's the thing about Molly. And, and Molly's a good dude. I mean, we've had our falling out. Of course, everybody has. Yeah. If you've been friends too long, you've always had at least one or two falling out. If you had young friends. But uh, I love Molly Death. I got much respect for Molly. And he's one of them guys, man. He just. He teach you any time, you know. Yeah. I just love him, man. I mean, really. Well, we, we, we be buddy buddies back here now because we're not buddy buddies like that no more. He lives where he lives. I live where I live. We got separate lives. Yeah. You know, but picking at Molly and ribbing at Molly was always fun too because Molly was like, hey, kid, stop. <laughs> Fuck you, kid. Well, you know, what's strange about this business is you can work around somebody every night of the week for however long and then in one fell swoop, one of you go, y'all go opposite direction. You're not allowed to even see each other for four, five, six years, you know. But then when you get back together, it's like you never left. It's like What's you've right? been, been with each other every day, you know. Right. Well, let me hit you with this, Kilo. Uh oh. I know you've worked down near all these, all these different com companies, a lot that's still here, and probably a, a few that ain't here no more. Kind of give us a rundown of where all you have worked around here. Um, I started, uh, my first match ever was in Gibson. Missed out wrestling. Killer. Yes, killer. Kill okay. Um, I went from there to WO, NWA, NWA, uh, NWA, WOWF, or WOWF, NWA, whichever one it was. Yeah. Because that's a lot of damn letters. But really? Anyways, I went from there. Me, Redneck, and Kane went from Gibson to Dyersburg. It was in behind, the, the, over by the truck stop when we first got here. 
I used to watch them over in uh, Peppermint Pond. Well, not at Peppermint Pond, but Country Nights. Well, oh, Country Nights. I got you. DCW was at Peppermint Pond. Yeah. But uh, I wrestled one or two matches over at Country Nights. But we come in over at the uh, truck stop, and it was three three fucking green ones. And <laughs> we went from there. But first of all, let me tell you this real quick. Poker wore me the fuck out in there, MWWF. Um, when I say that, we're trying to, you know, poker's rough anyways. You talking about poker face? Yes. Okay. Poker face, if he don't have his glasses on, you're going to get hit at least one or two good damn times. Okay? Hey, he, He's going to knock the shit out of you. He got broke in the hard way. He got broke in at dogs. Yes. And he got broke in the rough way. He got broke in by dog, McClarity. I helped break him in. Poker face is uh, poker face is a hell of a worker, man. Yes. He is a hell of a talent, you know. Uh, so... We done a, we done a, like a hardcore match and uh, he hit me with the fucking uh, VCR boom. I go down. Well, when I go down, he takes the, uh, the jumper cable and sticks them to my pants. I have pants on there, real loose, but he, he, <laughs> yeah. caught, he caught right, you know. And he, of course, he does the whole battery thing. I, you know, and I get up, man. When I get up, he hits me so damn hard with the cherry that somebody says, "Bam!" It flips around. Bam! Knocks him smooth out. Damn. You know. I don't remember what happened right after that, but I do remember getting back up and still working. Because remember, as I was getting up, I remember things coming back to me. And I was like, oh shit, I'm in the ring. Of course my legs were wobbling, you know? Really? Yeah, and I told I him, I said, ho, 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 I said, where are we here? You know, and he, he realized what was going on and finally got my sister back and probably worked another good three, four minutes. Yeah. And then took it home. Well, back then, there wasn't no stop the match. No, it's still it, like, it shouldn't be now. You know, yeah. Uh, Kilo, you know, they don't know, but we're doing this for podcast yeah. too. So I'm going to have to stop this and restart it. But the YouTube camera's on, so okay. we keep right on right on rolling. Give me All just right. a second here. Uh, WWF, I went to DC one time. No, twice. Something like that. Uh, from there, I worked. I went to Kentucky, the hard, the hard Kentucky for uh, old school wrestling. Okay. Uh, there's been a few other companies, I've, not a whole lot in Kentucky I've done a whole lot for, but there's a few little ones that was like fly by night. Yeah. You know, they run two, sh- run two shows and they barely money came to them more. I worked for a couple of them up there. Um, let's see, LAW. Worked for LAW. And at one point, man, there was like three shows, four shows running around here. And it was like, <coughs> it was like uh, LAW, uh, they done the DCWA, and they done, what was the other one across the town there? Uh, the other one across town, what was it called? It was, uh, anyways, it was three promotions, and two of the two of the promotions were the same person. Yeah. You know, and uh, so I worked for all of them, and then I went and uh, done a bunch of shows in Mississippi, uh, done a bunch of shows in uh, Illinois, can't remember the name of the companies. Uh, Brian Steele used to run a company, I worked for him. Uh, done some things in Nashville for uh, NWA. Um, right there in Nashville. Uh, anyways, it was NWA. Done some things up there because we weren't modeling them up there. I uh, worked for Citizen Kane's promotion for a long time. Uh, it was uh, it, SAW. SAW? Yes, SAW. Uh, let's see. To be honest, there's so many that did that. I mean, and the thing about it is, I should be able to just pop them off, but. Nah, you, you know how that is. There's so many come and gone. Right. And, you, you, and remember you made the rounds, too, so. Yes, and, and 
Now, one of my favorite people to work for is Coach BT. And the reason why is because when they, when they first started the, the CCW, BT was the main booker. Yeah. And then it went from that to where he was like, all right, I'm going to be the main one. I'm not just going to be the only one. I'm the main one. But I need you guys to help me. Yeah. And he most, like, like it was BT, it was uh, Mark Justice, Paul Justice, Cade, not, not Kane, but Cade, BT, Girl Candy, which at the time was Viper. Okay. And, uh, one more person, I can't remember who it all was. Well, he took all them guys that had money in on it to start the show. Yeah. They helped him with it, and then he took one or two more guys that was in the dressing room that had, kind of knew what they were doing, like me, and, uh, Psycho had money in it. That's who it was, Psycho. Psycho, okay. Uh, me and, I can't remember, Biddy. And we all, <laughs> we, which half the time we didn't listen to Biddy, but you know, because Biddy, he starts out real good, but by the time he gets to the end, it's way off track. You know, but, <laughs> Anyways, and Beatty was one of them, um, and he was so, and he would just get so into it, like, we done a, we done a uh, tag team Ironman match one night, it was me, who was it, yeah, it was me and, it was me and Kate, just Girl Candy and Mark Justice that night, at the time, like I said, he was going by Christian Jacobs, but not Girl Candy, yeah, and, uh, well, they, 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 they got the win on us, but we went, Forever, man, before anybody ever got the first pin. Before, but as we got that first pin, because we got the first pin on them. But Coach BT's over behind the Nelson desk, and you can hear him one, two, three. Oh man, I'm about to get off. <laughs> you can hear him no matter where he was at. If he was, if he was laying down there and taking a pin, or if he was, or if, he, if the camera was looking, you heard him. I'm telling you. Yeah. And he just got so excited into it, man. And I enjoy seeing that. Biddy's a hell of a talent, man. Yes. He's a little bit of a loose cannon. Well, I was talking about BT doing that. Oh, BT. Yeah. Okay. But I no, no, Biddy is not, not a bit of a loose cannon. He's a loose cannon. He's a loose cannon, yeah. but he's a hell of a talent. Yes, he is. And he's a good guy, man. Yeah. He, 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 I used to not like Biddy. When I first met Biddy, Biddy was, you know, just steadily Rick Royal. Didn't have a Biddy Kimmy yet. Yeah. And to me, I never talked to the man. Because he had already left by the time I started over at WWE. I never talked to him, and uh, he just seemed like an asshole to me, man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He just seemed like an asshole, which. That was me thinking, you know, just assuming because I didn't take a chance to get to know him. Yeah. But no, Biddy's a good dude. He just comes off his ass. I don't mean to. You know, if this is like this, there's no, no, no gray area with me. You either love him or you hate right. his ass. Yeah. One of the two. Right. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this, Kilo. I mean, you've worked everybody there is to work around here. Who's some of your favorite opponents? Man. Who is you. your favorite opponent? Let's, right. let's boil it down like that. Who's your most favorite opponent? My favorite opponent, man. And you're probably not gonna believe me when I tell you this. Biscuit. Because me and Biscuit have had some of the fuck best fucking matches I've had in my whole career. And we gel together just so good. You know, I ain't never met him. I don't, that I remember. I don't think I've ever met him. Now, I think he was And I'm talking about a kid, I'm talking about a kid now, I say kid because he's younger than me, but I'm talking about a kid that's had open heart surgery. Yeah. He's just big around. He can't breathe. You know, he breathes and that's how he breathes. He's a, and, the first time I ever heard it, he was riffing. He went down and made the pin, and he said, one. I said, whoa, dude, you are you? He said, I know he breathed that way. But he breathes like that during the match. <coughs> during the match and everything, you know. So, <clears throat> and anything you ask him to do, man, he's, boom, he's running on time. Anything he wants to do, if you're not on time, he waits on you. If he, you know, if you go fast, he goes fast, yeah. you know. He's, no matter what, he's going to be right there with you. Most of the places I've seen him, I've just seen him in video from, like, TIWF. 
good good kid, man. A good worker, man. Well, you know, and, and the thing about it is, is he's easy too, and that's the best thing about him because he's easy. You know, he's hurt, but he don't kill. He don't hurt you. I mean, you feel it, but you don't. It don't, it don't kill you right like that. And anything you ask him, man, you, I guarantee you, he's gonna. Be, it ain't gonna be one time he's not gonna be there. Yeah. When he's supposed to be. And he's so smooth. Well, he gets that shit from Sarge, running with Sarge, too. I think I think he's pretty much, him and Sarge run pretty tight, don't they? Well, uh, they, they they do, they don't, they do, they don't. I mean, because they're, they're good friends. But sometimes they're around each other. Sometimes. I mean, yeah. Just, you know, it's just one of them things where they don't, I think they live right down the road from each other, if I'm not mistaken, but. One day starts to go there, one day this go there, and then all of a sudden it stops for a while. You know what I'm saying? This yeah. is how it is. And, uh, but no, he, Biscuit, is, and yeah, you're right, he does get to me. And, and other guys he's working with, like Molly, you know, all that. Yeah. But Biscuit is just so smooth, man. Right, so that's my favorite right here, number one. All right, well, this might get you some heat right here. And you can, you cannot answer it if you don't want well, to. I'll answer any damn thing. I'm cool with that because I fully understand, but who do you dread working? Man, Gabe. No, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just playing. I'm just playing. No, honestly, I don't think I have a number one on that because I hate everybody. No, I'm just playing. No, I, there's there's like four guys that I really dread getting in the ring with me. I'd almost much rather go back home before I get in the ring with me. Yeah. And uh, I, when I'm doing wrestling more, that's Jay Rich. I don't know if you remember him or not. He worked killer. I mean, it, that stays on, you know. And it's nothing against killer, it's just. Killer had bookers that would put anybody in there. Yeah, I only worked for Killer like twice, maybe three times. Okay, I think you probably started before he did. You know, not, so. Not long, though, because he started about the time I did. Uh, let's see. Hmm. Uh, there was this guy, man, and this is crazy. Because I remember the name really well. It was down in, uh, oh, Stanton. Not Stanton, but, uh, oh, shit. Anyway, it's down towards Memphis Way a little bit, but they had a guy there named uh, John Michael. Not the John Michael everybody else knows. Okay. It's, it's not him. All right. But it was a little, it's like, he was dark complected, he had black hair, and he was short, and he went by John Michael's man, and this, yeah, I dread working him. I mean, to the point of, after I got out of the ring at night, the first time I worked in my kid put the dress room, I looked at the book, I said, you're put me in the ring, and again, I'm off. He, he's like, why? I said, because he don't fucking listen. He can't do shit. Don't have to put me back in the ring, because if you do, I'm walking. Dude, uh, I fully understand that, man. You can get in the ring. I mean, there's other killer workers you get in there with that are competent in every way, but for some reason, you just there's certain guys you just don't jail good with in the ring. Right, and it's not just that, though. No, it's the fact that the killer said, if we walked back to the kid would have said, you know, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm trying, man. That'd be one thing. But he acted like he didn't do shit wrong. And any, and I'm not this type of person, but any mess up that happened in that matchup, like, was him. Yeah. You know, I'll tell, I'll tell you if I messed up. Because if I if I can lodge, I messed up, that means I can fix it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But, he, no, he acted like he didn't do it wrong. So that, that on top of just did not be the work. Did he even know better, though? Did he even really know that he actually should have. In the back, man, we was, we was kind of talking through about, not over the whole match, but getting little things together. Yeah. And he had fucking knew what he was talking about. I mean, he, he seemed like he knew what he was talking about. So we get out there and it's, it was a different guy talking to me. The dressing room, I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I've been in the ring with guys. You talk to them in the back and you go over a few little 
little spots you might want to do. And you know, I'm a big calling in the ring guy anyway. Maybe give up. Maybe if you got a good start, we want right. to start with. And we got our finish. finish, you know. But other than that, man, I'm a call it in the ring type right. dude. And then um, there's one more, and it's a tag team. And I can't remember the name of the tag team, and I can't remember their names. But I can tell you, if you go back, and I'm not trying to put any promotion over, so don't think like that. <laughs> to TIWF. Yeah. They and Kilo versus somebody. I can't remember who was it. Man, don't even know. That's another <laughs> one then. Because they're back there. That's like the news is doing. But it, it, in the ring, they didn't know shit. Yeah. Ain't nothing worse than going out there and having a shit match. Especially if you're like me. I'm my worst critic. Right. I, I'm, I mean, you know how it is. Molly's the best at this. You have a shit match, you come through that curtain, Molly going to tell you, that's a fucking shit right there. <laughs> right. That was the shit. Now, if you have a good match, he's going to tell you that too. Good shit, man. You know, I, I, good example of me, I'm usually not an asshole. But it was just a few weeks back. I tell you, we got and we had a match with these two kids. I, dude, I was, we filmed it. I seen it. I seen you. I, I, I seen Galen get from, from, pr frustrated with him and tagged you in. And Galen, look on his face like, see what you can do with these motherfuckers. <laughs> I seen it, dude. But, I seen it. And the thing, and them two guys, when they walked here, back to their base, I, and I wasn't trying to be an answer, but I said, do you know what destructive criticism is? They said, yeah, this is not that. <laughs> you know, and then I started telling them, this, this sucks. That fucking sucks. You know, you can watch, and I told him, I said, you can go to YouTube, and you can look at this guy and say, that motherfucker sucks. Well, that dude's good. He said, yeah. I said, can you not watch yourself? Dude, that's a, I'm a firm believer in that. If you see your shit, and your shit sucks, and you ain't the first one that notices that shit fucking blows, then you need to get on out now. You got a problem. You're right. either delusional or you're just too stupid to realize that that shit fucking sucks. You should be your own worst critic. That's right. That's right. You know, uh, because if it don't look like you, then you know it don't look like the people. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I'm fully with you on that. But that's the three. Well, Kilo, let me ask you this, man. How long do you think you'll continue to do this? Will it be till the day you die? Or or do you got a set time that you... I would like to say no, it wouldn't be till the day I die. The, the, I'll get out of it before then. But you will. Or... I, don't, I can't tell you that. I, I feel mean... like I might, but I feel like I may not. You know, it's just one of those things where, like, this week I come out here and work and do, do shit that I ain't done in a long time and go home and I'm okay tomorrow. Yeah. But then again, tomorrow I might be walking uh, bent over too, like Sean Michael used to. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You never know. So it, now, if my breathing don't get any much better, much better than another four or five years, that's about it. Yeah, well. And then my breathing's gonna get to the point to where I'm not gonna be dying or nothing, but it's gonna be like, I can't run across the ring no more, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, but that's when the experience helps you out there. Right. You know how to pace it, and you know what to do and not to do, and put the other motherfucker running. <laughs> right, and the thing about it is, is, I'd love to be back. Not because of the fans because, or anything like that, I like to sell. I love to sell. Yeah. You know, that's one of my favorite things to do. Two favorite things to do. If I get by with doing one drop kick and selling, I'm good. You know, selling's a lost art right yes. now. I mean, really, without the sale, nobody buys none of the shit we do to you if you're right. a heel. Which, and that's my thing. I want the person I'm working, if they're listening or if, or, or if they got experience, but if, if they're a kid, if they're listening, I want to make that person look as good as I can. Yeah. And I feel like, not, not to my own horn or anything, but I feel like I'm one of the best sellers there is in West Tennessee. Yeah. You know, and I'm not putting myself over. It's just, I like it. That's my art. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Oh, it is the art. It is it really the sale. 
without the sale, the people ain't buying it. It's just simple That's as right. that. I can kick the shit out of you, and if you don't sell none of it, it's just dead fucking air right there, you know? Right. And, you know, and I can also tell you when I get lazy, you know, I see myself, and I know when I get lazy, and I, and I cuss myself out, but, I, I mean, I try to fix it, but, you know, it's how you can't, you know? Yeah. But I do get lazy in the ring, and, and, and I understand people get lazy, but when you just don't listen and shit like that, no. You know, but yeah, I mean, I, don't get, I ain't giving like four fucking years. Well, I'll tell you what, a lot and of that's, people... That's a lot of it, because guys like that, it's the reason why you go home the next day and you can't really walk. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, uh, Unless you've actually done this, most people don't realize the stress reliever it really is. Man. I mean, when you... Go out, especially now, it's one thing when you go out and have a shit match and you, then it adds more stress to you when you come back. But when you went out there and everything has just went fucking perfect and you've had the most killer match, man, when you come home, now me, I, I, I can't go to sleep. I'll be up all fucking night still running that. Either way, whether it's a bad match or a good match, I spend all night still running it through my head. I'm one of those type of guys that did Shit match me bothering me so bad I look for one good thing I do. Or one good thing that made sense. That, that, that worked for everybody. And I still stay pissed off myself, but I try to set myself on that one thing. Okay, yeah. we got this right. Maybe next time we get at least two three two two, two or three things right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I I, I try to do that, but at the same time I understand that, you know, especially shit matches like man. Fuck. We all have you know? them though. It's simple as that. Yeah. I mean, I don't care how good you are from the very top, the rock. He's had some shit matches, you and know. The thing about it is, is, if you're not pissed off at yourself, we're gonna be pissed off at you. But we understand. Yeah. I mean, everybody has shit matches. Yeah. And I get pissed off at myself so easy when it comes to that, because I automatically I want to go to blame myself. And then I, then I sit here think, no. Or yeah, that was me. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So yeah, and having the best match in life, it feels just as bad as it feels just as good as. Having a shit match feels bad. Bad, you know right. what I'm saying? So, right. so, I mean, you, you bring it back to forth like that, and it, it, like I said, good match, it feels just as bad as, a good as awesome, bad as not having the best match. But, anyways, like, it's like me and Todd Blade, man. Me and Todd Blade went out there one night wrestling, and uh, I we had probably a 20, 25 minute match, and by the time we got done with the match, we moved, uh, I was on the show. Get me upside down and show you DDT out of it, right? One, two, three. And uh, as he's leaving the ring, and I start standing up, crowd stand up for a feet. Like, oh, yeah. So that was one of them nights. And then right down the road here, me, my daughter, and my son had a trip there one night, and the crowd was chanting, This is awesome, and, and that was a good feeling. Yeah. You know, and then the referee screwed up and I threw the belt at it. But, anyways. <laughs> well, you know, I'm glad you mentioned that again, your, your kids. It's got to be amazing to have had the experience of actually. Like your son tagging with him, and just your kids being in your business with you and, and participating. Tell us about that, man. That's a. Well, I've got kids; they're little right now, and I mean, I can imagine, dude. How does the? You know how it feels whenever uh, you go, you take the kid, and they're playing softball, baseball, t-ball, whatever, and especially as a little kid, when he gets that first home run. Yes. Remember how he feels whenever, you know, he comes around the corner right there and he's a, that plate, that plate, and the crowd is just cheering for him because he got that home run. Yeah. feels a whole lot better than that. I mean, it really does because, it does because no matter how long I do it or how long they do it, 
I've got to see, I got to see some shit that out of my kids that a lot of people we see their kids do, or their kids won't do or can't do. Well, that's what I'm saying. You, that's an experience everybody don't just get to have, right. you know. And this ain't this business itself is not like any other sport or business, no. you know. So when you, and me personally, I think wrestlers love wrestling more than other athletes love their sports. I just do. I just believe it because they get paid for that shit. They get millions of dollars. Most of the time, we do this shit damn near for free because we love it, because we need to experience, want to experience. And when you get past that point, you just do it because you love it. Because it's like a drug. It's in your system, and you just you can't kick it, you know? Man, look. Not trying to bring that up. crazy. You know, I'm recovering at it. And you're right. Wrestling is like that drug. It just don't do the bad things to you. That's right. You know, and I was getting ready. To, I retired for four months one time. But Damn. And the thing about it was, I retired for four months, man, and I really thought I was done. But within four months, because I was hurting so bad all the time, within that four months, I got feeling better, and I started hurting again. I was like, man, because my body was used to that bumping and bumping, and yes. And, and then on top of that, every weekend, man, or whatever I was supposed to wrestle, whatever I was wrestling, it was like, I'm sitting at home, I'm like, oh, man, it could be here tonight. <laughs> I'm bored. Yeah. I love my wife and I love my kids, but my kids done their things and, and me and the wife used to sit at home. But I like to sit at home at that time now, but you know, and I was like, man, what am I doing here? You know, we be out with friends, I can be hanging out, you know? Yeah. So I wanted to come back. And I've thought about retiring, give it our news, but I, to myself, I, I tell myself, yep. So we like when I'm gonna retire every five years, huh? You know, We've done retired 47 times, you're you know, like, you're yeah. Come, you're going to come back because you miss it and you love it. Yeah. So why do that? If yeah, I'm I, with you. If I, need a, if I need a week off, I'm going to take that week off. You know, I may still be here because, you know, I help out with them, you know, not, not a lot of things, but I help out a little bit. Yeah. I'm still going to be here, but I may not be wrestling because I need that week off. Yeah. And, and if I tell Gallon, hey, give me this week off, he knows me, but no. Yeah. If I'm asking for a week off, I'm either hurting or something's going on. Yeah, I'm with you. Everybody used to do this night in, night out, week in, week out, yes. and you just run, you know, you don't take a break until something forces you to take a break, and then by that time, usually you're injured, you're at least hurt, or you're just burnt out in the mind, you know. You know, I've been very lucky, and yeah, and I've been very lucky to stay credible with the kids. I mean, the, the, the crowd, I mean, not the kids, but I yeah. stay credible with the kids because, I mean, growl, because I haven't really ever really just changed my, my uh, what is this? What are we looking at here? What is going on down there? What the hell is going on what around is, here? What is what is he doing coming out from under the table? Well, just a these? period for wonder tables, man. Anyways, hey, uh, hey, hold on. Anything can happen here. Buster H.R. Right. Johnson on YouTube and on Anchor the Podcast. You never right. know what's going to happen. Well, uh, anyway, we seen what, it, what, he, he really put me up. Where was I at? Where was I at? Talking about the crowd. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Anyway, you got to connect, connect with them in the crowd, man. And I've been stay relevant. I've been able to stay relevant, uh, relevant, and you know, pretty tight with them because I haven't ever really just changed my game except yeah. one time. And, that, and and but other than that, it's always been kilo, and it's, and it's not might have been this rendition or this rendition, but it's still kilo no matter how you look at it because I'm not really a different person. It's just yeah. I'm doing kind of a different gimmick, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I'm not really doing nothing different except for the one time that. Uh, I wanted to come in and see on Jay Morgan Mill Park, and I had just got out of jail, and I was in jail for a minute, you know, and I was thinking, 
you know, what would they do? I'd be off the phone. They, don't, they know me, but I've done the same thing over and over and over. You know, yeah. How would they remember me again? Well, I come back in. I had like I had the thing where I dyed my hair black, my goatee and all that black. I wore black and white, and I wore leather jacket to ring, and I had like a mascara on where it was running down my face. Yeah. And I would put contacts in sometimes, you know. And I changed my music to uh, uh, Godsmack, I believe it was. Uh, no, when it was uh, Five, Five Finger Dead Punch, um, uh, Russian Side of the uh, Russian Side of the Heaven, or you know what I'm Russian Side of Heaven, uh, something like that. But anyways, uh, I come out to that, and I, at the front of that, we added the uh, remember the uh, song by Motley Crue or Metallica, whoever it was. Uh, to, I mean, uh, to my shot the devil. Wasn't that Motley Crue? Motley Crue, shot okay, the devil. You know, remember how they first came on? What was it called? Um, Helter Skelter. Yeah, we put that for my yes, songs. Yes, yes. You know, and I come out and the device were off and everything like that. You know, and I was talking to Mike. If, and Jay Moore, my first manager, one night, and he thought I was talking. I was just sitting over the corner like Doug Brady used to do. So my gimmick to me, I tried to make, I tried to put it in between Raven and Bray. Yeah. At the time, because I loved the way Bray was working his, and I love, I've always liked Bray. Might not have been the best work in the world in the ring, but he had a hell of a gimmick and he got to get it over. The best, one of the fucking best gimmicks, one yes. of the best characters, not just gimmick. He was a, yes. he's a character. I mean, you got to really, he deep too, take that character layer and layer and layer yes. like an onion, you but know. But I, I took myself and I tried to put me in between them. Yeah. And I was sitting in the corner like Raven and wouldn't talk and then I, we moved up here because we were there one night here. We moved up here and after that I didn't have any more anymore. He just left. Yeah. So I did the gimmick to where I didn't ever talk. Never talk. I come out, Mike, uh, whoever's on the mic will put over the fact, you know, he loses his special time to he's in a dark place right now. And I'll come out, the, the, the tears, the river was, I go in there, man, and I just had no remorse. I hadn't, it was like I couldn't feel nothing, but I, I didn't care about it. it was, you know, I didn't yeah. it was like, you know, it was like, I'm, I want to hurt somebody, but I want to get hurt too. Yeah. You know, so I had some of my best matches in. Me and Rock had done a uh, scaffold match. Uh, I don't know how many bumps I took off this cap, you know, being stupid. But, anyways, it, yeah, that's, yeah, I mean, I can't say much more about that but that, you know. Yeah. And that's, that's the gimmick, I mean, it was all just dark. And I wanted to go back to that a couple of times, but I can't find the right reason to. No, dude, right here, right now. Right, it would be. All right, look. We're going. We're fixing to have to. Yeah. We got about five minutes left, dude. I've loved it. I think what we're gonna have to do somewhere down the line is do a part two to this okay. if, if you're up for it, because I just feel like there's a whole lot more that we oh, ain't yeah. even delved into. But I gotta ask you this, cause I love it. My favorite fucking thing. Everybody's favorite bad guy. Where the fuck did you come up with that, or did someone dude, say it or something? How, how did you get that, man? For real, that that was an accident. That's how the best shit happens. That was an accident, and it's not even my accident. You know what I'm saying? Okay, my song is uh, Medicaid by... Yes. Okay, well, anyways. Uh, Billy, whatever last name is, done that song, Bad Guy. Yeah. And I love the way... I love the song itself, and I love the way she said... I'm the, you were at the where she kind of wait, wait, whispered, I'm the bad guy. Well, I was talking about that back here one night, and, you know, about being at the front of my song, and that night, I didn't have it, but... Oh, what's his name? Uh... Security guard. He was doing an announcement for me. Uh, Craig, I think that's his name. Yeah, you. Yeah, you're Craig, as good as mine. I go to the ring and I go up on the rope and he said, "It's everybody's back." And he's right there starting. That hey, I love that. You can ask her. I love that shit. I love that in the intro of this that you didn't say because you was late getting here. 
I, that's how I introduce you as everybody's favorite rad guy and the king of outlaw shit. Hey, and I'm going to tell you something about that. The one thing good about the everybody's favorite bad guy, it gives you the license to be a baby fit, be a baby face, Mr. Be a baby but do heel shit. Right. You know what I mean? I love it. It's perfect, Kilo. It fits you to the T. Man, I've enjoyed this. I really enjoyed this. Real quick, one more story. I got to Go tell ahead. You, you, got, you got four minutes, my brother. Not in here. We out there. We out there doing. Uh, it was me and Mark Joseph. We getting ready to wrestle. Let's get some guys on the mic. And uh, we're on the mic, and we see guys on the heels. And seriously, there was nothing wrong with Gallon, but during that mic spill, we was like, "Man, what's wrong with her? Y'all chicken shit?" And Gallon looks at me so seriously on the mic. He goes, "No, I got hemorrhoids." That's <laughs> <laughs> it right there. And you know, it's supposed to be all serious, right? Yeah. I lost it. I would have too, man. I lost it. Hey, them hemorrhoids is a bitch, man. Right. I'll be honest with but, you. You know, he's like, he wasn't wrong with me. He's laughing, cutting up at the time he goes, No, I got hemorrhoids. We ain't doing no fucking right. leg drops. Right. We ain't doing no right. ass bumps off of anything. And then, you know, I think it was a couple nights before that, me and Payne went out there as Biscuit and Wheezy. Remember uh, Swag Boys or whatever they call them? Yeah, right. yeah. Anyways, we went out there. I had, I had a pair of shorts on, boots on, and my hair all braided up. And that's like Biscuit and uh, T-Pain was acting like Wheezy. Well, I'm out there and I told you he's got that breathing problem. He said he's got a, he's got a, um, no, He's wheezing. Well, it's not just wheezing, but he's got that, uh, pacemaker. Oh, and, I didn't realize that, man. Yes, he's got I knew he'd had some heart issues, but I didn't realize he had a pacemaker. Yeah, I can tell you a story about that, but I know you ain't got time. But anyways, uh, we done them one night. And I'm out there and I'm going, talking shit on the mic, but that's when I go, uh, 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 and pain recovery. Slapping his chest a couple times, I go, all right, I'm better now. <laughs> okay, right there, I'm biscuit standing right there in front of me, and all he can say is, you motherfucker, I'm going to kick your ass. And he's wanting to, he's trying not to throw hard not to laugh. And what really got him is, I said, you got anything to say, Weezy? He goes, I'm Weezy. That's all it was. That's all it was. And, and Biscuit and Weezy both lost it. Ah, and we, of course, of course, when they lost it, we had to, we had to get, 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 get together because those people were laughing so fucking hard. I mean, it's, but that's like, that's how you shit. bond too. Yeah, that's man. Shit, yes, know? yes. That's how you bond with guys. Yeah, and I know you're out of time, bro. Kilo, brother, I appreciate it. Yes, Excellent man. I love having you. And like I said, I think this one maybe in six weeks or so, maybe we'll do a part two to this hey, if you want to. Whenever you're ready, man, I'm ready. Um, I'll probably be late. I know you will. <laughs> it ain't no but, big deal. We was here. You was here. It's got done. I love it. I'm glad we got to do it, man. I'm glad you let me do it because I don't get to talk about shit like that around everybody else. So, yeah, I enjoy it. So, anytime, man. Dude, thank you for coming. Thank you for giving of yourself. Thank you for telling these stories, being honest. Just thank you for being here, man. Yes, sir. We'll so, see. How long have we been doing this? Uh, this will be right in an hour. Oh, yeah. See, I'm getting my ass kicked up. I'll wait when I get back to oh, her yeah. over here. She's kicking my ass. Y'all have a good night. Y'all can <laughs> stooge it off on me. Stooge it off on me. See, he wouldn't let me leave. He just wouldn't let me leave. Will. All right, everybody. That's Kilo Seat and everybody's favorite bad guy, the king of outlaw shit. You've been watching Buster H.R. Johnson on YouTube. You're listening to Buster H.R. Johnson, the podcast on Anchor. Do what you know you're supposed to do. Like, share, subscribe. subscribe and follow. That's it guys, y'all take it easy.